Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport, at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to entering the sports industry. This is episode five. Roops, a big week uh, this week. What are your what are your thoughts on how we've kicked off so far? It has been a big week. It's been a very surprising week. We've managed to make it into a couple of charts, which which is uh, completely mind blowing when we when we set out to it do is. this. So uh, we can't thank everyone enough who's got around the podcast so far. We've been pretty blown away by the, the support that everyone's shown us this week. So now now it's up to us to keep it going. Yeah, it's uh, I must say it's. The traffic it's got is unexpected to say the least, but it's amazing to see so many people wanting to listen in and, and get involved. And it's also great to be back in the studio this week to just continue the momentum. That's it. And to, to have people reach out and share some of the things that they've learned with us as well has been, you know, really quite, you know, meaningful to hear that it, it's having the impact and that we've actually got something to contribute as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, mate. Well, um, we won't waste any more time. We've got a huge guest uh, coming in tonight in Hamish McInnes, so we'll get cracking. Today, we're delving into the topic of embracing the sports management grind and getting the job that you really want. Today we're joined by Hamish McInnes, who is the Community Development Manager for the Werribee Football Club. Hamish has worked in a number of sports management roles, specifically in the community space of the AFL and AFL Victoria. He's a former college American football punter with a vast experience of working within professional sporting organisations. He currently holds the role of Community Development Manager at Werribee Football Club, focusing on community engagement, football operations and administration. Hamish, welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. Ryan, thank you. Absolute pleasure to be here uh, for that gracious introduction. Ruben, how are you, mate? Very well, thank you. Good to have you on the pod. Beautiful. Thanks for having me, boys. Now, Hamish, how have you navigated these quite uncertain times in the last few months, both personally and professionally? I'll start personally. Um, Yes, it's been very different. Um, Personally, I got myself a young puppy uh, (laughs) about two months ago now. So I think it was the end of of March he came into my life. So that's been very good. He's kept me very busy, especially early on. Um, There's a lot of work put into, you know, keeping an eye on him, making sure he's doing the right thing. Um, I'm starting to be able to leave him by himself a bit more now and do his own thing, which is good. But that's been... It's been a real positive because I think um, I was looking to get one for a while, but with work, you can't, you find it hard to commit the time that they need. And so it was really just the perfect storm. And to have been home for a couple of months um, and give him the time that I would want to give a dog has been a massive positive. 
Um, professionally, it's been an interesting time. Um, my work with AFL and AFL Vic had, has uh, stopped for now. Things had slowed down significantly with Werribee. Obviously, community engagement was not the flavour of the month. It was social distancing and how can we be more apart and away from each other. So we sat down and looked at ways that we could maintain our relationships with um, schools and community groups and um, local football organisations throughout Wyndham, where Werribee is. So one thing we did was we uh, created short activity videos for schools, schools that expressed that they had a lot of kids that were learning from home, but the schools were still expected to get 30 minutes of physical activity each day. So we put together a number of short videos which were sent out to kids throughout Wyndham, and it was pretty cool to sort of recognise that in a traditional sense if we went out and ran a program at a school, you know, we could just do one school in one day really and it would take, um, you know, three, four hours to do uh, 100 kids where you could service 45 schools in five minutes if you just send out a link. So um, obviously you're not going to completely go down that track but it's pretty cool to sort of open your eyes to other ways of doing things. So that's two positives that have come out of the period for me. So, Are you going to yeah. be able to bring your, your dog into wherever football club when everyone goes back? Yeah, he's, he's come in a little bit at the moment just when I've been around, but it's a carpeted office, so <laughs> I run the risk. <laughs> so he won't be in full time, that's for sure. Um, and going, going right back, you studied exercise science over in the States at Jacksonville State. And where you also competed as a punter in the in the football team over there. Can you tell us a bit about that experience? Yeah. So, um, obviously, as a teenager, I grew up playing football. And um, probably at the age of 16, 17, this opportunity came up where I could um, go and study in the US on scholarship and play football over there at a high level. And we won't get it twisted. It was all about the football. The, the study was sort of a, an added bonus of, of what I wanted to do. And um, I wanted to go on and play professionally in, in the NFL and the college route was the best way to do that. So, um, yeah, but the, uh, it was an amazing opportunity and something that I really do cherish. And, um, I mean, as much as I did get an exercise science degree, to be honest with you, the main learnings – came from playing football in what was a really a professional environment, like a seven-day-a-week thing where, you know, we had training pretty much every day, weights. There's a full-time coaching staff, full-time strength and conditioning staff, uh, medical team, um, nutritionists. There's all the sports administration folks and sort of learning throughout my four years when I first got there, uh, we were sort of six and five, middle of the road, team and then when I left we were uh we went to a national championship game and we lost that but so I sort of got to see you know how a sports organization can start somewhere and then in four years time how you can become a national champion and I I learned so much about sort of what works and what doesn't in terms of running a sports organization so who are the types of people that the succeed, who are the types of people that struggle and what is it that they did. So, um, yeah, being in an environment like that where you're exposed to, you know, a coaching staff that comes in and they've gone, right, we need to turn this place around and to see 
all the little things that they do um, to turn a place around and get them to a national championship was pretty cool. And um, it's actually really interesting now having worked at Werribee um, and to see the way Mark Williams, who's there now, former Port Adelaide Premiership coach, to see what he's done there when he's arrived at Werribee. It's amazing the similarities that that you can see um, with what he's doing there, with even just the little things that he does. It's, it's really quite amazing that two sports on either side of the world couldn't be further apart, but it seems that the recipe is quite similar in terms of turning an organisation around. So those experiences um, were, were quite valuable. Um, in terms of the degree exercise science, I knew at the time, I knew I wanted to work in sport, but I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. I, I obviously wanted to play professionally, but once that um, opportunity didn't come around, um, strength and conditioning was where I went Where I went over there. So it was something that I loved and um, Ruben and I discussed it earlier and I hadn't really thought about it until then, but you sort of, I think as a kid growing up, you idolise these uh, sports figures and the product, I'd say, that these players are and you, you just think they're unbelievable and how, how can I you know, get to where they are. How can I work in that environment? And strength and conditioning is probably the closest thing to working with the product that you can sort of see. You're sort of in the gym. You're seeing them. You're building them up. You're you're helping them become the physical being that they are as a professional athlete. And I think that is what really drew me to that. And, like, I've always loved training. And um, so that was the sort of natural route that I went down um, in that sense, but once I sort of recognised that it was either going into the uh, like commercial gym side of things where you can really, as far as you can go as sort of owning your own gym and working with the general public or you can go down the professional route uh, where you're having to do another up to 10 years of sort of study. So that wasn't my cup of tea. So as much as I loved it, I thought I did want to do something else and um yeah, that was when I came back back home to Australia. So, yeah. We've spoken a little bit about, um, you know, people who have embraced volunteer opportunities and sometimes, um, you know, they're not doing the job they exactly want to do, but they find other ways to get the most out of that opportunity. Seems like with you, you were obviously a player, but you embraced being in a sporting environment and learnt a lot about professional sport whilst playing and making the most out of your time there. Are there some things that you did while you were playing that you look back on now and say, I'm very happy I did that because I learnt X, Y, and Z? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's definitely experiences as a player that I had that I think now transition into my professional life. I've always been someone who hasn't been necessarily naturally gifted athlete, but I've thoroughly enjoyed working hard and getting to where I want to be as a player. And that in a way, it's not that I'm like a just a grind horse and I just love the work. Like I genuinely enjoy kicking a ball and that was my job there. And I genuinely, <laughs> genuinely enjoy being in the gym. So I, it was, wasn't like I was pushing really hard. It was that, I wanted to be great, but I enjoyed the work as well. And I think that's the key in it as well. If you're not enjoying the grind, 
and it's a genuine grind, you might want to start to think about, is this right for me? Well, it'll, it'll naturally happen. The grind will dry up because you're not enjoying it. When you're doing something you love, people look at you and go, geez, that's a grind. He is working really hard. But you're sitting there going, I'm really enjoying this. And when you're in it, you're like, this is really, really hard. But if you can look back, you know, even look back on the week you've had or the month you've had and you're going, you know what, that was really challenging, but that was awesome. I think that's that's when you're on the right track. And I think learning over there as well with what you said about not necessarily doing something that it's what you want to do, but just taking an opportunity, um, that's definitely something that, I've tried to do and you're never going to get where you want to go immediately. But taking an opportunity for the most part is never going to set you back. It's always going to put you in a new direction or open you up to a new network um, that you may not have already had before. It might not be where you want to go, but if it's in the industry, then, you know, you can learn something about a different part of the business or a different part of the industry that you wouldn't have before. Um, but I think from a playing perspective, I think, um, yeah, I think it was just being involved and upfront and saying, putting my hand up saying, I want to do these things, I want to learn more, I want to do extras. Um, and, yeah, and I think that definitely translated into a profession, into my professional career. Mm. From a work perspective, how is that? Um, you know, translating to your role now where, you know, times are pretty unusual and you have to grind through in a sense. Um, how has that experience um, helped you get through this period at the moment and how, how have you found that what are the parts of your job you realised that, wow, I really I really love what I'm doing at the moment to let you kind of continue on? Yeah. Um, it's, it was interesting. I, I, I love the community work that I'm doing um, and I find it really rewarding. I think the biggest thing about work is really asking yourself, well, why, why do I love, why do I love this? Like people say, oh, I love doing this. And, um, why, why is it that you love it? So for me, I try and think about, okay, well, why is it that I love, you know, being out there in the community working with, you know, young kids, uh, cultural groups? Why is it that I like doing that? And why is that I like introducing them to sport? Well, I start to think about it, I think, well, I'm so thankful that sport has given me so much opportunity in my life to travel the world, to play at a high level, um, to earn education for free. For me to be at the grassroots level and for me to, you know, muck around with a kid out on a field or a group of kids and to think I can provide them with, you know, the the spark that could light the flame of opportunity for them in their life in sport. And it's it's my personal positive vehicle for change. And I can see that sport, especially in America, like a lot of a lot of my friends, this is quite a out there example, but a lot of my friends over there grew up pretty rough and it was sport was their vehicle out. And so um you know, that's an extreme example, but if I can provide people an opportunity to grow and to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves and have the same opportunities that I have, then I'd love that. That really gets me going and that really gets me excited. 
Um, but over this period specifically, I was quite fortunate that January and February I uh, was the interim footy ops manager at Werribee. So really up until then, until I did my toe in that, I knew I wanted to work in football, but I wasn't too sure what. And having had those two months in footy operations, I've now seen that's the route that I want to take. And so over this period, I've tried to sort of, not sort of, I've, I've really thought to myself, I'm going to stay the course here. And at the moment, it would be it would be easy to, and don't get me wrong, like I've looked around at other jobs and other industries because, you know, it's more stable, there's some more money, it's more consistent, um, and I know what I'm going to get, but it's not what I want to do. I know I know now that's what I want to, want to do. And, like, I'm 26 and I actually can sit here and say I haven't yet to have a full-time job in the sports industry. And I'm only now realising that's what I want to do. So it's taken that time. But over this period, I'm really trying to just stay focused and say, right, that's what I want to do. I'm not going to waver from that. Um, and I think back, I think you learn a lot uh, early on. And I think when I was going to take that next professional step with football in America, I got knocked back at some opportunities early on and I probably thought, you know, do I want to embrace this grind? And I wasn't prepared to where, you know, I don't regret that now, but I've learned a lot from that in saying if this is what I want to do, if I want to be a general manager of football at an AFL club, then stick to that and don't waver because it's going to be easy at the moment and most comfortable and it's going to earn me a little bit more money. If that's what you want to do, stick to it and make it known throughout the industry, make it known to others, put it out there in the world and then work towards it. So that's really what I've been trying to do is stay the course. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think a lot of people get into sport because they they enjoy sport, they're passionate about sport, but they don't know exactly what they want to do. And so they kind of chase this lucrative title that they've kind of got in their mind, which may not be exactly aligned to what they want to do. How do you think, um, where, where do you think you would have ended up had you, you know, chase that, you know, lucrative title over what you actually wanted to do? Um, where would I, where would have I ended up? As in, what do you mean lucrative title? Oh, uh, say you've got this, you know, vision of, um, you know, the, uh, the glamorous job in sport mm-hmm. that everyone kind of admires and aspires to, but the day-to-day work isn't actually aligned to yeah, you know, okay. what, what you value and what you want to do. Yeah, I think... Yeah, and that's a great point, actually. And a lot of people do do that. You see professional athletes and you see them out there on the field and you see the finished product and you think, wow, that's pretty cool. They get to roll in on a Friday and, you know, play a game and go home and, you know, go fishing and play golf, whatever. And it's not like that at all. Um, but I think it's still important to have that that big picture, glamour job that you want and have that in the back of your mind as, as the carrot that you dangle. But... I think talking to others and trying to find someone that is on the same route or a few steps ahead of you or a few positions ahead of you and have these conversations with them and go, like, what have you done? How have you embraced this grind that you're on, this hard work? What have you done? And see what others have done to get there. You know, I remember... It's a, it's a bit of a dramatic example, but 
Um, I remember talking to Gil McLaughlin, who I'd know through my footy club networks, about about yeah, kind of how he got to where he was, and he was saying in his mid to late twenties, a lot of his mates were going travelling for extended periods overseas, and he stayed in Melbourne. And he worked late hours, worked long days in the winter nights when he knew his mates were over in Europe because he wanted to get there. And again, like I said, if he wouldn't be doing that out of just, it wouldn't be like really, really hard for him and hurting him. If he wanted to go and, you know, go on a holiday and be in Europe, he would. But the thought of that, that ultimate goal in the back of his mind or the thought of that ultimate goal in the back of your mind, if that burns, that burns, you know, what's, your, what's the word I'm looking for? Not burns, burns bright. But, burns bright. Well done, Ryan. Very good. But if that burns bright enough for you, then you're going to chase that and you, the work is going to, it's just going to come and you're going to be able to do it. Uh, so I think that it, that would be the biggest thing for me is, is the, the work will always be there and you'll always have to do it no matter what role you're in, but find that big carrot and find out actually why is it that you want to do that. Because if you say, if I said to myself at 23, I would have said oh, I want to be a high-performance manager at a, you know NFL organisation. If, if I could ask my 23-year-old self that, oh, why do you want to be that? My answer probably would have been, oh, well, you know, it'd be pretty cool to work around um, you know, professional athletes and be in that environment. Like it's a bit of a shallow answer. But if you can answer the question of why you want to do it with a really deep and solid foundation, then chasing that goal and putting in the grind will just come because you'll know that is a deep seat of value within yourself and that's what you want to do and it'll just come. That work will just happen. I know we... We've sort of spoken about this question over a couple of drinks, probably more than once, uh, <laughs> Hamish. But you know, and that, that's around sort of staying the course with your career in sport. And you know, your journey in sport is never just a linear sort of process. You've got to go up, sideways, down to get to that ultimate goal. What would you say, um, and what what advice would you give to some people out there who are probably hurting right now, given a lot of jobs are dried up in sport? What would you say to them to, you know, to stay on the course, to to keep it up, to try and um, still remain focused on that goal? Yeah, I think is finding over this course, find some some unique things that you've got a lot of time over this period, a lot more than you're ever going to have probably ever again in your career going forward. So for me, a couple of things. I'll start with this is a bit two part answer. So the first one for me, um, my strengths are you know having conversations with people, networking, all that kind of thing. My administration skills are improving. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So some I've really tried to clean up my filing, clean up my uh, my administration operations on a personal and professional level just to try and get some better systems in place so that, you know, when I come up for an interview or I'm looking for that next step, that everything um, look, I come across as an organised operator. It's not sort of you just come across as 
a good person and you're passionate, but then you're pretty all over the shop. So that's one thing I've wanted to improve on. So it's, and for me, that's, that's hard work for me. <laughs> you talk about hard work. I hate doing that, but <laughs> yeah, try and find some things you like. Okay. Where are my holes? What am I lacking? And try and start to improve those. The second thing would be, and I've, I've talked about it at nauseam, it seems, but really sit down and ask yourself the question or if you've got others that you can confide in and you can talk to, but find out what is it that you love doing and why do you love doing that? Like really ask yourself, but why? And try and get to the bottom of why you want to do that because when you're in this industry, everyone can have the skills, everyone can have the degree, everyone can have, you know, the experience. But if you can sell a story to someone, you can say, I want to be this, I want to be... Um, I want to be the football. I'll put it in my my sense. I want to be, you know, in football operations and uh, football manager because I love being a part of something that's bigger than myself, and I love working together in a in a collective to achieve and overcome adversity. And I absolutely love that. And I love seeing young men in an opportunity in a professional or semi professional environment better their lives, come in and come in as young men and leave that program a better man than they were when they first got there. I love seeing that because that is the opportunity that I had. And I can speak to that because I've had it and I've been there and it it changed my life. So I love doing that. And if I can sell that story across to someone instead of coming in and saying, oh, you know, I love footy and I think, um, yeah, I just love the game and I want to be a part of it. It's, it's, It's still... You know, it's nice, but if you can really ask yourself why is it that you want to do that and then sell that story, it's going to put you in really good stead. I think that's a, that's a really good point. I reckon a lot, of, a lot of young people, you know, they're watching the AFL on TV and they think, I want to be in that coach's box mm. doing something because it's front and centre, yeah. it's, it's whiz-bang, you know, you're in the action. But often that role... You know, it may sound amazing, but it does actually match up with the why. And I think the other point with the why is if you're if you find a role that you actually think, hey, I'm actually really good for this, and you can really demonstrate that why in an interview, I think that bodes so much better than I want this because I want to be in the action. Absolutely, particularly because like sport often starts out as a student's main hobby, and if you turn your hobby into to your work, it's no longer your hobby. You don't yeah. enjoy it as much. You don't have the same kind of, you're not able to kind of sit back from when you start working and think, wow, how good is this? How good is the atmosphere? How good is the, the players going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you've got a job to kind of focus on as well. So being able to, to balance that and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons becomes super yeah. important if it's going to become your entire life. And, de- and demonstrating that passion, like, Hamish, obviously you, you love seeing that personal growth in players, which is awesome, and that's going to sort of drive you forward in, you know, footy operations one day. And you'll like the fact that you really enjoy that means that, you know, you'll sell that to people and they will jump on the train and they'll love that as well. So um, I think that's it's really important in any any sort of job interview. When you talk about selling your story, was that something that you had to think about constructing at any point when you went for a certain interview or was it just something that kind of, came naturally to you because you could, you know, you'd been experiencing it? Yeah, I, th- I think it, that's a good question. 
I think it came about because I really was so driven to play professionally and that was really – I put my, all my eggs in that basket. So there was a period when I got home from America and I'd sort of been over there on this this drive for to play in the NFL and that's all I wanted to do. And I got home like, right, what do I want to do? And I really had to ask myself that question. And you have to – I guess I was in a unique situation where I wasn't – I didn't want to lean back on my degree. I didn't want to be – you know, just someone who I thought was just in the workforce, but I that was where I was headed. And so I had to ask myself, what is it that I want to do and but why? And so I think the uniqueness of that situation just led me to, to have to figure out why it is I want to do it. But going back to what you just said, Ryan, before with, with sport and trying to find the right spot for you, whether it's the coach's box or it's the stats box or whatever it is, I think that's the beauty of the industry is that there, a lot of sport, you look at cricket, you look at footy, they're such, you know, in-depth games. And these organisations do not, they go to every every length necessary to analyse everything and to make sure that everyone is in the right situation to succeed. So it creates a lot of work. And one thing I'm hoping that this situation will do to the industry is It'll provide opportunity, like you mentioned earlier as well, at a volunteer level and a volu- or a part-time or casual level for people to get in and positions that were uh, traditionally full-time jobs may be part-time or casual now. So try and get yourself into an organisation, be front and centre and try a little bit of everything if you can. I have done bits and pieces of that, not as much as I probably should but yeah try try different things try and get an internship somewhere and try a bit in recruiting try a bit in media try a bit in coaching try a bit if you can because then is when you'll be able to figure out yes I like this no I don't like this and then when you do like something then ask yourself that question well why is it that I'm enjoying this what is it about this that really sits well with me so one of the other things I, I admire about your story is um, I think a lot of people out there think I'm going to enter the sports industry, have a full-time job from the get-go, and I'm just going to progress from there. You have held multiple sort of part-time roles, um, and that has sort of helped really um, develop your passion for sports. I think that's an important message for people listening. You know, it's not always – like you're in is not always a full-time gig at one of the big major sports organisations. Like you can start at lower levels and and build your way up and I think you're a a classic example of the success that you've got from that and being able to develop, you know, in your mind why you want to work in that role and where you want to get to. So I think that's a a pretty good message. Mm. And and for some people, you know, Hopping around from casual jobs to part-time roles may seem like a, a slower start, but it's actually kind of helped shape you and allowed you to realize yeah. what you really want to do, which is going to propel you so much quicker in the future than had you got stuck in one full-time job that might not be aligned to what you want to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's funny, and it is, don't get me wrong, it's frustrating at times. You think, geez, I'm 26 and I'm actually yet to have a full-time job. It's almost like you're <laughs> embarrassed to say that. But what's also cool about that is that, if you're a casual or you're a part-time, so like I'm, I've been for the past year three days a week at Werribee 
The other two, I can reach out and do continue my work with the AFL, continue my work with the with AFL Victoria. If you sort of pigeonhole yourself to a full time job, your network shrinks dramatically, but then also your experience shrinks as well to just that department and just that specific job. Being casual and being part time, it allows that flexibility that if an opportunity does pop up, and we've talked about taking as many opportunities as you can throughout the industry, all across different different uh, departments and different industry, different parts of the industry, like when they pop up, you have the ability to go, oh, well, I'll just chat to my manager and say, hey, like these other opportunities come up. Can we work out a way to work around this? Now, most of the time, if you're casual or part-time, absolutely, it's not not a stress at all. But if you're full-time and you're committed, you go, wow, you know, I'm full here. I can't, I can't figure out how to do it. And by the end of it, yeah, you can sort of have had three or four different roles that have been part-time or casual, but you've, your experience has been is so broad. Um, and you can not only then have a great-looking resume, but you can you, you've tried a bit of everything. And you've gone, well, actually, I don't want to go down that route. I do want to go down that route. So it's sort of there are positives to it all. Um, but, yeah, you're not going to be driving around in a, in a Ferrari anytime soon. But I think that's the sports industry. It's just a part of it. And, you know, I, for me, I'd rather – I'd rather do what I love and be passionate about it than have a bucket load of money. So, mm. yeah, we've um, we've gone way off the uh, notes that we we had intended. To no, that's a good notes. podcast, then. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but just to clarify for um, people listening at home, what was the role that you had at the AFL, and how did that come about? So, at the AFL, uh, I'm in the coaching department as a coaching support officer. So. Um, Oh, yeah, it's sort of on pause at the moment. I think it'll come back. But essentially, my role there is anyone who's a coach throughout Australia from you know, junior through the AFL has to get accredited and there's different levels of accreditation. And so I think there's like 21,000 users of that platform now. So obviously, there's a lot of admin that goes on with that. So just helping out with that. But uh, that came about, It just I just popped up online and I'd seen it and I had, I'd applied for it and I'd also had a... Uh, connection through the footy club I play at and a family friend who works for the AFL and I sort of said, well, I've applied for this. What do you think I should specifically talk to in my cover letter resume? And um, he helped me with that. And then... What were some of the things that he said to point to in the cover letter and resume? Great question. He he said... Uh, so it was a coaching support role and he'd said to pinpoint different coaches or different uh, instances in your life where you've had good coaches and what you've learned from them. So, again, it's pretty cool. You're sort of, again, you're not really selling your skills as much. You're sort of saying, well, I've had really great coaches over my life. Here's what they've taught me. I want the chance to help coaching in Australia develop so the next generation can, you know, grow and be the best best person that they can be. And so that, you know, if you can sell that, it sounds a lot better yeah. than I have X, Y, Z. So selling your potential to... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that was one one thing when we spoke to Ali. Um, in our first episode was um, the importance of sort of showing your experience and um, examples of what you've done. But if you don't have a specific example, sell your, sell your potential. Mm. Um so that was something I really I picked up. Yeah, and, and you, your aspirations really, really talk to that. And if you find out exactly what you want to do, which which is what you've done, 
then it becomes easy to kind of sell your potential and people aren't going to say, no, I don't believe he's not going to get there. Mm. They can see the passion in your voice when you talk about what you want to do. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm just thinking about that now. If you sort of – if that if you – do know what you want to do or when you figure it out. If you that sort of pie in the sky role or that pie in the sky position that you want or where you want to be, if you sort of make that known throughout the industry, then the more people that know, A, you're sort of putting it out there in the world and making it happen, but the more people know, they sort of know, okay, well, there's Hamish and I know he wants to be a GM of football one day and they sort of like see you as that person. So when things, opportunities or anything pops up that might be tracking towards that, I'm sure that, you know, they'd let you know or they'd point you in the right direction. So I think the more people that know and if you just make it known and put it out there, can only help, mm. can only help. And then just making sure you've been selective along the way because I think no doubt there'll be other opportunities that can take you off that path and what you really want to do that might be attractive and might yeah. you know, have full-time attachment at the same time. But if it's not connected to what you want to do, you're going to be led away from you know, what yeah. you're doing. That's the tough you. one as well, I find, I think, as well, is because you don't want to stray too far, but you also don't want to limit yourself because we've sort of talked about both sides <laughs> of it here yeah. where you, <clears throat> you want to stay the course and you want to know what you want to do, but you want to have – a broad experience as well and I think that's where it comes in trying to have someone who either is in a position like at a high level where you really want to be um, or someone who has been there and done that so you can ask them and sort of bounce those ideas off them. I think that that's a key if you can have someone or multiple people. It doesn't have to be just one person. It can be lots of different people in the industry but I always do that if I've got questions or if I'm trying to make a decision I always go to others and at least talk to two or three other people before you kind of jump into something or make a decision well it's like it's one thing leads to another kind of you know you want a broad you know experience but you kind of you're getting experience one place which then leads to somewhere else or somewhere else it's not I'm going to try you know 15 different types of things yeah. in sport just mm-hmm. to get that experience it's mm-hmm. just Take it where it, where it leads. Yeah, you're right. It'll come naturally. It's not going to – yeah, you're right. You're not going to get 15 opportunities on your desk at once, but they will come naturally. Absolutely. Cool. We've almost uh, run out of time then, Hamish. It's, uh, it has been awesome to talk to you, mate, and um, it's just been a ripping conversation. I think there's plenty of lessons to learn there, and um, I think if anyone – Consider speak about embracing the grind. It's definitely you. You've um, you've worked really hard, and no doubt um, that footy operations role is just around the corner. For <laughs> you, it, mate. So uh, thank you. For Thanks for having me, boys. A pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to tuning in as well. You can uh, follow Hamish on LinkedIn, which will get uh, you get it up on his your handle on, <laughs> on your Instagram on or? our website. <laughs> um, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and obviously review with five stars uh, this episode. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportsGrad podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at SportsGrad.